John chapter 4, our scripture reading. Beginning at verse 7. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman, of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. I'll turn over to chapter 7. verse 37 on the last day of the feast that's the feast of tabernacles the great day Jesus stood up and cried out if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Turn over to Jeremiah now, chapter 2. And let's pray together. Jeremiah chapter 2. Heavenly Father, as we turn in your word to the prophet Jeremiah, the words that you gave him, we pray we would have understanding and we would be able to see our own lives and our own culture and our own nation here. Uh, Speak to us the power of your word and through your Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. If you remember, 
the the great theme of the book of Jeremiah is that God gives him words and he says, my words will be in your mouth and I will make it like fire and the people will be like wood and the fire will consume them. It's very much a theme of Jeremiah is the word of God that is consuming and bringing judgment upon a people that have rejected him, that have left him. And secondly, we looked at Jeremiah's tears. Jeremiah, if you remember, was passionate for his people. He loved them and his longing for them was to be uh, people that would repent and be revived and, and hear the word of God, be convicted. And so he wept bitter tears because they would not repent. Here in verse 10 of chapter 2, the word of God says, For cross to the coats of coasts of Cyprus and see, or send to Kedar and examine with care. See if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods even though they are not gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Well, five more miles to get to the water. It was the annual walkathon in my community where I grew up. 25 miles, I think it was. We would walk, and my siblings and I did it every year. Back before bottled water. <laughs> and every five miles, they would have a water station. And you would bring a cup with you, and you could use your cup and fill it and get some drinkable water. And I was always so thirsty on those walks, desperately thirsty, step after step after step, four more miles to go to the drinking station. Throughout history, people have wanted to drink bubbling water. That was what they called living water. Living water is alive. It's moving water. It's water that has oxygen in it. The very worst water to drink 
was cistern water, water that had been stored in cisterns. It, it, it was water that was typically runoff water. It would come into the holes they have chiseled in the ground and they had plastered over perhaps and they would try and store it but cistern water was considered to be dead water. I mean it was stagnant water. There's no movement. It was dead water, bug filled. There'd be algae in it, murky. And the, the text tells us that the cisterns that they have made for themselves are broken. That is, they have cracks in them. They're, the water is leaking out. And when you have that water leaking out, what remains is sludge, mud, foul, foul slime. This is the metaphor that God gives for the relationship between himself and Israel. He says, for my people have committed two evils, verse 13. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out for the cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. What he's saying is that I am the source of what is good, what is pure, what is alive. But you have gone after instead that which is dead, emptied of life, that which is vile. And what they have done is they have changed their gods. They have left the true God and have a living God and they have drawn themselves to the gods of the culture in which they lived. He's asked, has any nation ever done this? But my people have done this, he says. Be appalled at this, be shocked, be utterly desolate about this. And this is actually evil. He says in verse 13, for my people have committed two evils, two evils. One, they have left God, they have forsaken him. And secondly, they have hewed out their own cisterns. They, through the work of their own hands, are seeking to make their own gods. The fountainhead pours forth living water, but the people have worked long and hard instead to chisel out, to hew out holes for their dead water. And this may well have been written today because this spectacle is all around us. In the West, the Creator, God, has been cast aside. You see it all the time in all sorts of ways. He has been exchanged for a type of madness, a pagan worldview that claims many strange beliefs and strange behaviors. 
like men can be women and women can be men. Children are thrown to the wolves in libraries and schools and sexualized and words are called violence and violence is called protesting and Christians are called bigots and bigots are called heroes. It's, it's like a mad, a mad world. You know, every time I receive a, a scam call, you know, the calls from these call centers that seek to um, get your money, I'm reminded how corrupt the human heart is. And what is to become of us? Countless call centers dedicated to deceit and robbery, preying on seniors typically, evidence of the corrupt human heart. The World Economic Forum, the WEF, which has so much huge influence in our world, um, their chief advisor, Yuval Noah Harari, he has given standing ovations when he mocks God. And he says that we are upgrading ourselves to be our own creator. We are gods, he says. And he is all for evolution by intelligent design, not God's intelligence, but our own intelligence as we make ourselves homo deus, he says. We are becoming God-men. And what new destinies will we set for ourselves as self-made gods? He has the admiring ear of all of the world's power players, billionaires, government leaders, including our own here in Canada. This is evil. We're told it's evil. It's broken cisterns. It's sludge. It's death. Of the Antichrist, Daniel says, he will show no regard for the gods of his fathers or for the one desired by woman, nor will he regard any god, but will exalt himself above them all. And so step after step after step, three more miles to go to the water. You know, in Eden, God placed a river of life flowing out to bring water to the garden. Moses struck the rock that spring water might flow forth to the people and bring life to the people. Solomon would write, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Our God is all about life. I mean, it's life he creates. He made you. It's life he sustains. 
He sustains you. It's life he gives, life he offers to all mankind. We are dead in our trespasses and sins, the scripture says. We are dead in our lives, dead in our idolatries, dead with chisels in our hands, our works dead in eternity, hewing out cisterns for dead water. And, and he offers life. Living water, the best water, but most will not have it. They will drink in death, parched and thirsty. They change their glory for what does not profit. Perhaps some of you saw the dealers in death on the Grammy Awards this past week. I mean, the satanic, demonic symbology. They didn't even try to hide it. It was overt. The Hollywood evil the elites promoting their abominations, the half-dressed spectacles of death, dealing in death, offering death to others. Verse 14 says, is Israel a slave? Is he a home-born servant? Why then has he become a prey? He says, what are you doing following these false gods? He says, you're not a slave to them. He said, you're my children. I would expect the Super Bowl halftime show today will be another demonic desert, demonic desert where there is no water. And so we ask, who is our master. Are we a slave to Madonna? Are we a slave to Satan's demons? Are we a slave to the contemporary prostitutes called celebrities selling their bodies for the spectacle and the notoriety of fame? Are we drinking from sludge and dried up drain swamp water. Paul would say, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, he says. And so step by step by step, two more miles to the water. Today's broken cisterns are very obvious. It would not take you long to come up with a list. 
of that which rejects God's life. The addictions and the immoralities and the pleasure-seeking and the philosophers and the philosophies and the hobbies and the sports and the relationships and the proud and the arrogant, broken cisterns, stagnant water, leaking out, empty. Some of you here are digging away, digging your life away for something to hold water, but it won't. It won't save you, it won't satisfy you, it won't give you life. Whatever you pour into your life just leaks out and all you have left is death. It's only the Lord God who administers life. It's only the Lord God who has living water for us, who is the head water, who is the fountain, who is the source of living water. In Arnstein, our water was contaminated. It had gas in it, benzene. One little ounce of gas will contaminate tanker loads of water. And we couldn't drink it, it wasn't safe. So they gave us bottled water. They trucked in bottled water for us. Pure life, natural spring water in a plastic bottle. Crystal springs, pure Canadian. And the marketing image is a fresh, bubbling brook, is a clean, cool, pure water experience. If they actually told the truth, you probably wouldn't drink it. This particular bottle, Pure Life, is categorized as purified water meaning the source was most likely a tap <laughs> in a municipality. And it's been filtered and it's been demineralized and then remineralized and then it's been UV'd and then it's been bottled in plastic. If you look it up, you'll find how it's quite surprising how many times in Canada bottled water has been recalled. <laughs> Even our bottled water is not what it pretends to be. In our communities, in our nation, people cut working away to, to dig their own cisterns and store their own water to, and thinking themselves to be something. It's not what it looks like. It's not what it pretends to be. It is death. Step by step 
by step. One more mile to the water. The woman at the well, Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus picks up on this picture, the best water, the, the source. Everyone who drinks of this water, the well water, will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water I give will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He says, living water is life water. It's from God. And this is why Jesus, in, in the book of John, it, it, it says of him, in him was life and life was the light of men. It says, for as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. The thief comes to steal and to destroy. I came that they might have life, and life abundantly. Living water. Jesus offers salvation, see, eternal life. He offers life after death. He offers life from God for our dead souls, new life. He offers forgiveness of our sins. When we repent, when we go to God and say, yes, I've been making a cistern. I've been storing what is vile and thinking it was pleasing. And, and all the time, you are the source of life. And he died for us, Jesus, that we might live, that our sins might be washed away, forgiven. You know, the, the, the Jews had that feast of the tabernacles, sometimes called the Feast of Booths. And the scripture tells us on the last day of the feast, the great day is seven days long, and on the great day, the last day, this was, everybody showed up for this. This was the moment. Everyone was waiting for a moment on the great day, the last day. There would be a division of priests who were making sacrifices. Another division of priests went out and got willows and were building the tabernacle. And the high priest would go down to the pool of Siloam with, with a great cup. And he would take what was called living water. And he would bring it back up to the temple mountain. And he would hold it over the altar as the singing, just wonderful, beautiful singing from the great Hallel, Psalm 118. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Or, or Isaiah chapter 12, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. He is my strength and song and has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. And in that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. And he would lift up the container of living water. 
an amazing moment, and he would tip it, and it would pour out over the altar. And there is an ancient rabbi who wrote these words. If you have not beheld the joy of that moment, you have not experienced joy in your life. (laughs) The salvation of God, living water. And it was at that moment that we are told at that climax moment as he poured the water that Jesus who was there on the temple mount stood up and in a loud voice declared anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Wow. In this dramatic, public way, he claims to be the Messiah of God, the Christ of God. He claims to be the fulfillment of the whole celebration and the fulfillment of the living water which will flow out from him and through us to others. He is saying, I am the headwater, I am the source of life, I am the living water that will flow to you and from you if you believe. What a moment. Step by step, by step. We arrive at this water station. And you have a choice to make. Do you accept the water of death or the water that is living? The water that gives life or brings despair? Will you believe in yourself, the gods of our age? Will you take the stagnant, dry, and weary land? Or will you go to the fountainhead, the source of life, and the triune God who saves? Israel was making a choice. Jeremiah says, for they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. They've forsaken him. What about you? Isaiah says, ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the water. And Jesus is saying, I am the Messiah. I'm the provider, I'm the savior, I'm the source, the headwater, the fountain of living water. If you long for life and forgiveness for your sins and eternal life after you die, and you believe this life, if you believe in Jesus, put your trust and your faith in him as your savior and Lord, 
and you will be filled with that living water and from you that living water will flow out to others as well. Repent of your sins and believe in Jesus. Follow him. This evil age will try to put chisels in your hand. This evil age will try to cause you to carve out broken cisterns. This evil age will cause you to go to them with cup in hand, to drink what is vile and what is evil, and to agree with their ways. Don't let, it, don't let them stand firm and drink of the headwater of salvation, the fountain of life. The psalmist would say this, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we have drunk of the river of delights. You are the fountain of life. We pray that each one here this morning might choose wisely, might choose in faith and trust the Creator to trust the Christ, the Messiah of God, who died for our sins and rose again, that we might have newness of life, that we might have eternal life. We pray, Father, knowing the days are evil in our own country, and the gods, the ancient gods are still followed and worshiped in multiple ways amongst the population of our province and our, our country. So many, Father, have turned their back on their heritage, have turned their back and forsaken you, the fountain of living water. And they're not even aware that they are drinking death. We pray, Lord, that you would use us and that you would work through us to bring your word to them and that you would firm us up, that we would still understand right from wrong what is pleasing to you and what is an evil to you and that we will not go the way of this generation. And Father, we think of your word that says the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. Without cost to us, Lord, but great cost to you. 
great cost to Jesus who gave his life for us. Thank you for, for him. Thank you for his life, his death, his resurrection. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen.